Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. I was up most of the night, and it wasn't jet lag, and it wasn't being at the Huntsman restaurant last night where they cut so much meat for me, I could have made a shirt out of it, really. Like, (laughs) it was ridiculous amounts of meat. Um, But God had me up thinking about you and praying for you, and they're all good things, by the way. Uh, I just felt the Lord, if you could just get this in your mind, he was looking over from heaven down, and he was looking at this congregation with anticipation of, a, of what was about to happen. And it's just, it, that caused me to fear the Lord because I knew I was the one who was coming to speak. I'm not the only one who's going to minister this morning, certainly, but I'm coming to speak, and I was just honestly filled with the fear of the Lord, not wanting to make a mistake, wanting to say exactly what he wanted me to say because... Uh, these are, in the very best sense, critical days for us here. And how we will align ourselves with what the Holy Spirit wants to do is uh, going to be the thing that determines our fruitfulness. And um, I just felt God give me, uh, even before I left Canada, just the word that he wanted to, uh, me to share with you was about wineskins. And... Um, So if we can turn in the scriptures, please, to Matthew chapter 9. So glad to be in a house here that has great teachers, so I don't feel the pressure of needing to teach this morning. I just get to deliver what I believe is the now word of the Lord to you, and I, I know the brothers and sisters here are hungry for that, and they're ready to... Uh, put that into practice in the way that uh, the Holy Spirit makes that real to them. So, Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. And then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast so often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom is taken away from them, and they will fast. But no one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst and the wine spills out and the skins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. I just want to talk to you simply about wineskins and wine this morning. And this is both corporate and personal because the Holy Spirit dwells in each of us individually, but also corporately He dwells in us, doesn't He? We are the temple in which God is living in. We are the end time temple, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he will 
fashion into his own home, his own habitation, the place where he dwells by his spirit. And uh, that is an awesome responsibility and privilege to have God choose out of anything he's created, us, to live in. It's amazing. And uh, the scriptures encourage us, don't you know that your bodies don't belong to you, but that the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has come to take up residence on the inside of you. That should put a smile on your face. Uh, uh, I'm glad we don't have to carry out this life with God in a legalistic sense, always looking at an external set of laws to keep us in the Spirit, but the Spirit himself who lives in us will keep us in the law of love as we just give our lives to him. And uh, there's some characteristics about wineskins that uh, are really important for us to look at. When new wine goes into a new wineskin, that wine ferments, it moves, it expands. And the wineskin won't be doing its job if it doesn't expand along with the wine. Amen? That's where Jesus said, that's why no one puts new wine into something that's already had the new wine experience and has now become old. The great thing is, is about us is that in every season of God working in us, we can become that new wineskin. And that doesn't mean we have to jettison our roots, break relationships, uh, become something opposite to what we have been to keep pace with the Spirit. No, I believe in every move of the Spirit, God just continues to add and add and add and add it's not about being trendy. Uh, it is about keeping pace with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And the job of the wineskin really is not to set limits on where the new wine wants to go and what the new wine wants to do. The whole job of the wineskin is to host the wine. It's not to dict, even though it does have borders, it's not to dictate to the wine, it's to facilitate the life of the wine that lives on the inside. Do you understand? And that's why it has to be flexible. And this is my first point about wineskins this morning is that they have to be flexible. They have to be nimble. Uh, I love how much variety there is in the body of Christ. We have big church bodies. We have smaller church bodies. And God assembles those for his own purpose. And just because you're a large church body doesn't mean you cannot be flexible. You do require more organization than smaller groups, but organization is a blessing, not a curse. (laughs) And um, we could learn more about organization in Canada with what we're doing. Richard, I'm looking at you. Bless you. Bless David. Bless the elders. This is a very well-organized, well-run church body, and that is not a knock. That's a compliment. Uh, yesterday we had the Loud and Clear conference here. I think Annie is your coordinator. You did a fantastic job. There were things that you were able to do that Matthew never thought of that if they weren't done, things weren't, wouldn't have worked as well as what they did. And you, you were a great part in the success of what we had yesterday. Um, organization is not anti-spirit. As long as we're flexible and we can discern where the Holy Spirit's moving, then we can change our plans. There's nothing wrong with having a plan even a one-year plan. But within that plan, we also want to make room that if the Holy Spirit shows us something different, that we're quick to move with him. 
And that's where flexibility comes in. I love the story in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. In there, you'll see Jesus in a procession with the disciples moving towards a destination, and, and all of a sudden, blind Bartimaeus starts crying out on the side of the road. Blind Bartimaeus wasn't the only blind person that Jesus would have met. He would have met hundreds of blind people, probably healed them all if they asked for healing. There was never a person who came to Jesus who asked for healing who was not healed. And if we're still not seeing healings 100%, the gap's not with God. The gap is somewhere in our faith yet, somewhere in our maturing, and that's okay. We're all still growing. But this one blind man on the side of the road began to cry out, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And there was an organized procession. There was a, there was a destination they needed to hit. And the, you know there would have been hundreds, maybe thousands of sick people that they would have had to pass by on the way to their destination. Yet this particular man caught Jesus' attention. And he, the, the disciples even wanted to move on. They said, just forget, just be quiet. Come on, dude, we got to, you know where we're going? This is the son of God. We got a destination to go. But no, Jesus stopped the whole thing right in a second to meet the need of one blind man. And of course, we know the rest of the story. Jesus calls him forward and he says, your faith has made you whole. Receive your sight. And instantly his eyes were open. We can't be so fixed on our destiny destination that we miss those encounters along the way that God wants us to have with individual seemingly insignificant people that Jesus through us wants to extend his hand to and love them. We can't be so uh, trusting in our organization and in our plan that those moments when the Holy Spirit says you need to stop and you need to do this, that word, God doesn't find us unwilling to do those things. Amen? Be flexible, be nimble. We can be totally organized, but also ready at the drop of a hat should the Lord give us a, a different direction to take up. And then we can assemble all the resources that are needed to meet that task that the Lord wants done. So flexibility and nimbleness. Just because you're large doesn't mean you have to become inflexible or uh, not be able to move in a moment, moment's notice when the Lord says so. Second thing is... Uh, the wineskin's responsible for the wine that's inside. It's a container for this wine. It has a responsibility to preserve, in the right sense, the gift of God that, that lives on the inside. He is first, and we are second. He's the one who we call Lord and has permission to lead us in whatever way he sees fit. I'm glad he doesn't do that always chaotically. Sometimes it seems like chaos a little bit when, it, when actually God's leading us, but he'll do it through the church elders. He'll do it through uh, as leaders meet and pray. It's not all tongue and interpretation, and now we're taking a right turn to Albuquerque, right? It's not all off the cuff. God works through his church. He, knew, he knows what he's doing when he assembles leaders and gets us to plan and care it's not, those things are not devoid of the wisdom of God, but we have to remember that he is first and we are second. The, the living presence of Jesus on the inside of us is what comes first. If we had a plan or an imagination that was different than that, it's us that are required to change, not the wine. 
you'll always do better walking in obedience than you will being stubborn walking out your own plan. We're responsible for that wine on the inside. We're responsible for not getting any holes in the wineskin. No holes of, that come from disappointment. No holes that form through unbelief. No holes that form out of bitter, bitter experience. And now we can't find ourselves, even in the presence of God, not being filled with the Spirit. You may have been baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, but my question to you today is, are you filled now? Are you living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Do you still love to not have control of your life in the right sense? Where you know there is living water on the inside of you that is giving life to you and direction to your life. You're not grabbing for control because you've seen how wonderful it is for God to lead you. That's not childish. That's childlike faith, which Jesus encouraged and told us uh, we'd be great in the kingdom if we kept childlike faith. Still in awe of being able to hear his voice and have him speak to you and give you direction. Still be in awe when God comes through with a miracle in your life. Still be in awe of him taking care of things that you have long forgotten about when you prayed about them, and all of a sudden you see he's been faithful. There's no room for skepticism or doubt to enter into our hearts in what we're doing because any of those things will just impede the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. No bitterness, no unbelief, no disappointment. Give that up. If that's your condition today, give it up. It's not worth hanging on to it. It's like swallowing poison and expecting somebody else to get sick. Bitterness is like that. It only affects you. And probably the person that you're bitter with has long forgotten about it or doesn't even know that they disappointed you. And if you need to go to them, go to them. On a corporate sense, let's never allow anything to come into our relationships between one another. That makes the wineskin fragile. And then all of a sudden, God is wanting to move and he finds uncooperative brothers and sisters because they have an issue they haven't resolved. That makes the wineskin brittle and it, uh, it puts a barrier in the way of what God wants to do among us. Let's not have that for any reason. Amen? Get rid of it. <laughs> Get rid of it. Uh, let's allow ourselves to be responsible for who lives on the inside of us, both in a very personal sense and in a corporate sense. There's a responsibility for us who have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And then the last thing I want to share with you about wineskins, this may seem a little bit of an odd uh, characteristics of wineskins, but keep the wineskin thin. Do you know in Canada right now, we're getting major amounts of snow, like happens every year. It's like, like it's a surprise. And sometimes there's so much snow, it covers things in your yard or your garden, and you can't even remember what the heck is under the snow there. It could be my car, it could be an elephant. I have no idea. There's just a ginormous lump in the back that's all of a sudden covered with snow. And there's no way of telling what is underneath that covering. And as the church of Jesus, we don't want to have such a thick covering over us of whatever. Tradition, religious practice, uh, 
thick organization that's actually covering the life of God that's on the inside. Do you hear what I'm saying? We want the covering that's on us to be very, very thin. Uh, Resilient, but thin, so that people can see Jesus. Never be afraid to constantly tell people what you're all about and who you're all about. Never go long. Never go a long time when you're with people of telling them about Jesus. That's having a thin wineskin. It's very easy for me to communicate uh, about Jesus. It doesn't matter whether it's a real estate agent who's coming to my house. I'm going to find a way to tell them I'm a Christian. If I'm at work, it's not going to take me very long to to find a way to demonstrate Jesus to people. I remember uh, getting on, about to get on an elevator at work. I work uh, for the Ottawa Police back in Ottawa, Canada. I'm not a police officer. I'm an IT worker on the civilian side. And I remember going to, and I've been there for a number of years. I remember going to the elevator just to catch the elevator to get down a couple of floors. And I was just being myself. I didn't think I was being, you know, outrageously happy, just my normal joy level that I walk with. I wasn't overjoyed. I was just joyed. And <laughs> this, these two ladies who come out of our communication center get on the get on the elevator with me, and they just looked at me. I just said hello, and they looked at me, and they said, Andrew, they said this, what kind of drugs are you on? (laughs) And I just looked at them, I said, the best kind. (laughs) Said they're free, and there's no hangover. It's Jesus. I'm a Christian, and it's just a result of him living in me. This This isn't about personality. This is about reality of the one who lives on the inside of me. And he just gives me joy for no reason sometimes, just because he thinks it's a good idea. It must be interwoven in his kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy is at least one-third of the kingdom. Amen? So we should be walking in high levels of joy just simply because we know him. Even if we don't feel we've ever even accomplished anything, Although many of you have in this room, just the simple fact that Jesus lives on the inside of you should give you joy, unexpressible and full of glory. Don't take a long time to tell people what you're all about. And then in Romans 13, 14, Paul says this. He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So not only is he the one who lives on the inside, he actually becomes the container on the outside. So that people don't have to dig down deep to find out you're a Christian. But you're actually clothed with Jesus. He's your clothing that you put on. If I can use the metaphor that Paul used. Clothe yourself with Christ. Make it so easy for Jesus to to work through you. And all that has to do with his willingness. It's not hard. It's just humility. And just being willing, Lord, you, thank you, I get another day to have you living in me and have you working through me to touch people. Pray for the sick. Just praying for the sick is so easy. Seeing people healed is so easy because Jesus is really good at his job. We just have to lay hands on them in the name of Jesus, tell them to be healed. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He thinks you're very worthwhile. He laid down his life for you. Are you sick in any kind of way? Is there any way I can pray for you? This is, these are conversations that happen at the grocery store for me. I feel like an evangelist today. <laughs> Anybody want to get saved? <laughs> We're going to get to that before the end of today. Um, just pray for, pray for folks. 
Just, they can sense love that God puts in your heart for them. It's not a duty. It's a privilege to be able to bring the kingdom of God near to people and watch their eyes light up when their pain goes away. You know, they've been on medication for so long and now all of a sudden they're pain-free. Jesus loves them and he's liberal in the display of his kingdom. He'll never run out of power. He'll always back you up when you take steps of faith that he's asking you to take. And if you've missed it a couple of times, shake it off like we were encouraged this morning. Shake it off. Go at it again. Go at it again. Just shake it off. If you tried and failed for whatever reason, uh, you got intimidated and you, you didn't do what God asked you to do, shake it off. We're learning. Uh, we don't tell babies they don't have the gift of walking when they're one and they keep falling over when they're trying to walk. Well, I guess, I guess you're not going to walk, are you? You weren't meant for walking. You don't have the gift of walking because if you did, then you'd be doing it perfect the first time. It doesn't work like that in life and it doesn't work that way in the kingdom. Listen, it doesn't have to be perfect for it to be 100% God. Because we're all in various stages of learning. Let me hurry on here. Jesus becomes for us both the treasure that lives on the inside of us and the container. Paul said, he said, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives within me. And this life I live, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul's life really for all intents and purposes ceased to exist when he met Jesus. I don't think that was just a faith statement. I think he was describing a reality that he really had ceased living because he had completely given his life over to the lordship of Jesus. And now it was Jesus uh, making good on his word that whoever comes to me, he will not cast out. And he will come in and live on the inside of you to the fullness that you will allow him to live. And Jesus had eaten up Paul's life to the point where it's, he could say honestly, it's no longer I that live, it's Christ who lives in me. And he had the fruit that demonstrated that of his life. It's no longer us that live, brothers and sisters, it's Jesus who lives on the inside of us. If you're here for the first time this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus. I just wanna make an invitation to you. There was a time in my life when I thought Jesus was absolutely the last thing I needed, but he was the first thing I needed. I had everything that I was supposed to have as a 20-year-old. I had a wonderful girlfriend who's now my wife, by the way, still my girlfriend, and uh, had a job, a career in radio. I was a morning show host, uh, living on my own, had my own apartment. I was a Canadian. I had a truck. I had everything. Rich, it doesn't get much better than that, being a young man in Canada, owning a truck and having a job and all these things. I had everything that... Everybody said I should have to make me happy, but inside I was hollow. And my boss at work was brave. He, he was a Christian. He began to share the gospel with me. And at first, I was offended. I was really offended with my boss. I said, don't ever talk to me like that again. When you said about being brothers in the Lord, it was just ick all over me. I, we're never talking like that again. That was my... That was the first approach of the gospel to my life. It was a total and complete no. But God got a hold of me. And even though I didn't want to be friends with this guy, I couldn't help but be friends with this guy. Do you understand? I was like in a tractor beam. Anyway, long story short, he bought me a Bible. I began to read it. 
I began to see the truth in the scriptures. God began to unveil my life through the scriptures. I saw things in the scriptures that looked through me. And I said, I'm reading, this, I'm reading the scriptures. My boss's name was Scott. I said, I'm reading these scriptures and they're true. And I said, it's to the point now where if I was to say the Bible was untrue, I'd be lying to myself. Everything I'm reading here, it's reading my mail. And I'm getting wrecked. He said, what are you, he, my boss said, he said, that's great. But he said, at some point, you've got to make a, a commitment to the truth that's being revealed. And you've got to now give your life to the one who is showing you reality. So 4.30 in the morning, uh, last uh, Sunday of November in 1992, I knelt down and prayed, received Jesus as the Lord of my life. No fireworks happened, but all that I did was just sincerely ask Jesus into my life. But the next day, when I woke up, Honestly, I'm not exaggerating. It was like someone took out my old eyes and put in new eyes. I was born again. I was transformed. I was taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. I knew God's love. I knew his life. No one, I had no time for training. This was just transformation. And that's what will happen to you today if you're here and you don't know Jesus. He's inviting you to know him. He's already taken the first step in his invitation to you and it's just time for you to respond so we're going to have a moment at the end uh, if you'd like to respond to the gospel today and receive Jesus as Lord of your life Thanks for joining us today There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.